Welcome to the live podcast episode of Healthy Talks with Coaches Ashley and Coach Monica. We are so excited that y'all are here. We're so excited to try something new for the podcast. And as always, this will be recorded so you can go back and watch it later. Um, We are so excited that y'all are joining us. And this is not going to be like a normal podcast episode. Obviously, the topic tonight, we will dive into that here in just a second. But as we're talking, leave your comments in the chat. We will read them and we will respond in real time. So the topic tonight is self-sabotage. Why do we do it? How to stop the cycle. And to be honest, this podcast episode topic came from our member meeting. Um, Someone said, hey, I have been struggling with sabotage. What do I do? And I, you know what? Podcast idea. And then we can do it live so that we can get the feedback in real time. And I love that we're able to do that. I love being able to get feedback from everybody that's listening, people in the community, people member meetings. Um, it's always good to have a fresh take on things that people are interested in right now. So to be able to do that and turn around and talk about it and and have these chats with everybody is is awesome. Yes. So we will be honest, y'all. Normally, um, we record these podcasts early in the morning, just the two of us. Right. And, uh, coffee and sometimes you do more than one take. So you are going to get a raw version of us doing this. I know that the Tuesday night lives are normally 30 minutes, but our podcast episodes are anywhere between 30 to 45, sometimes even an hour if we can't stop talking. That's why we love the gift of gab. So just a oh, yeah. night, y'all. And um, we're ready to dive in. What do you think? I am ready to dive in. I, I'm not a live person. I see some comments. Nice to see my face. It's so nice to see you guys too. Um, I'm not much of a live person. So that's why the lovely Monica is taking the reins for me on this. Um, I get a little bit nervous. As much as I like to talk, I get a little bit nervous. But I am very excited to be able to do this and interact with others at the same time. It's going to add that extra like fun element. Yes, absolutely. So y'all don't forget to leave us some comments as we're going along. I already see um, Carmen. Hello, Miss Carmen. I hope your back is doing better. Um, I know you said I have definitely self-sabotaged, so it'll be great to see what um, what you can give to me. So we are so excited. Um, also, side note, um, there was a blog post posted today on the same topic. So you can use this podcast as a reference. You can go and find that blog post um, with a very similar title that will also help you walk through it. We're hitting y'all from every angle to talk about <laughs> sabotage because yes, Ty, you said it before yeah. I could, because this is perfect for the holiday season. A lot of people are going into self-sabotage mode. A lot of people are already saying, well, January 1st is around the corner. I will just wait until then and I will stay in this cycle of self-doubt and self-sabotage. But we are here tonight to tell you that that is not what we are doing. We are racing to the end of the year, staying strong in our goals and our healthy habits. And hopefully, this podcast episode and this live tonight will help you get there. Um, mm-hmm. So let's dive right in, y'all. So when it comes to achieving sustainable weight loss, it takes more than just diet and exercise. And we have an amazing group of coaches. We have an amazing support system here that says the food that you eat and the way that you move your body is so important. And we agree hundred percent that the food that you eat, the way that you move your body and the way that you speak to yourself is so important on your weight loss and wellness journey. But it really takes understanding, but it takes everything, the psychological, 
um, the mental, everything when it comes to your wellness journey. And sometimes when we have to dive into the root cause, the trauma, when we have to peel back the layers of the protection that we have given ourselves, it is really hard to continue your weight loss journey. Because looking in the mirror and saying to yourself, I am the reason that I am being held back. I am the reason that I am self-sabotaging myself. That's hard. And that takes mm-hmm. a lot of courage. It absolutely takes a lot of courage to be able to, just to be able to recognize that. We may not, I mean, self-sabotage can come in different forms. You can be doing it and knowing you're doing it, but you can also be like unconsciously doing it. So mm-hmm. to be able to sit back and recognize it is going to be kind of like your starting point and being able to fix it. Yeah. And so, um, you know, some people are thinking, what does self-sabotage look like? A lot of us, when you think about self-sabotage, you think about walking into the kitchen, opening the fridge, opening the pantries and binge eating. And yes, that is one area of self-sabotage. But when it comes to self-sabotage, this can be anything that is preventing you from reaching your goals. If you see yourself backsliding and you start to fall um, further and further from achieving the success that you've set out to do, then you need to look at the root cause and see if you are self-sabotaging yourself. Um, think about this. You know that you need to get up and go to the gym or go use your walking pad or go use your uh, treadmill that's in the other room. But opposed to getting out your workout clothes, opposed to getting in your car and going to the gym, we would rather sit there and scroll on TikTok all night long and say, I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I don't have the drive. But what you are actually telling yourself is my goals don't matter. I'm not worthy. Scrolling and sitting is more important than leveling up. If y'all have been listening to the podcast, hashtag the And we would rather scroll on TikTok and sit in what's comfortable than start to get into our discomfort. And that is where self-sabotage comes from. Also, it could be as simple as knowing that you need to meal prep instead of driving through the McDonald's drive through every day. Instead of going to Kava and going to Freebird sitting and taking the time to meal plan and meal prep will ultimately help you with getting rid of some of that self-sabotage. It absolutely can. And I have ones that just roll through my head, like lack of motivation can kind of roll into self-sabotage, you know, not like kind of like you just said, not doing the things that you know that need to be done. Um, I'm very guilty of just curling up and reading so much when I know I'm like, okay, I could be doing this. I could be doing that. I'm going to sit here and do this instead. Um, That is most definitely a form of self-sabotage. Things that we, again, intentionally or unintentionally let get in our way. And so what are some things, and y'all drop this in the chat as well so that we can see, when you think of self-sabotage, what does that look like to you? What is the first word that comes to mind or set of words? We're going to walk you through a few things that we see as self-sabotage. And then on the back half of this, we're going to give you some tips to combat that. So right off the bat, and I am so guilty of this, I am the biggest overachiever and procrastinator at the same time. So <laughs> one, self-sabotage looks like procrastination where you have all of these things that you need to do, um, but you're just putting off the task. Again, reading your book, scrolling through TikTok, sitting and cuddling up with your kids on the couch instead of moving your body, instead of figuring out your goals for the week. Procrastination is one of the biggest setbacks when it comes to self-sabotage. Yeah, when I think like procrastination, I think how it can lead into all these different things that we are not doing. It's kind of like that 
that foundation of, of all of the self-sabotage. I mean, if you're procrastinating, you might not just be putting off one thing. You might be putting off multiple things. And that just is like a spider web of events. And not only, and you just said it's the foundation. One of the things that we don't realize is when there starts to become a crack in your foundation, you're now on shaky ground. So if you're procrastinating and you're putting tasks off, it's going to roll over to the next day and the next day and the next day. And it says domino effect. And eventually you're going to feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. And you're thinking to yourself, why did I not just do this on day one? Because now in these two tasks that I put off, meal planning, meal prepping, and I put them off for several days. And now I have work, carpool, meal planning, meal prepping, gym, end of year, holidays. The list can go on and on and on. So there really does become a crack in your foundation and you start to fall on shaky ground when you start to procrastinate. I see some really good ones here in the chat. Failing to plan. Fail to plan, plan to fail. Mm -hmm. So important. Um, A lot of us know what we need to do. We need to plan our meals. We need to plan our day. We need to plan our minute, but we fail to plan. And that leads back into what Grace just said of falling back into old habits. When you fail to plan, it's really easy to fall back into your old habits. And and that's hard. I mean, when we're comfortable in something, even if we know it's not good for us or it's not going to help us get to our goals. I just forgot what I was going to say, guys. Oh, falling back into old habits. That's right. (laughs) Even though we know, like you said, even though we know it may not be good for us, it's comfortable. It's that comfortable little space or reality that we're in, even though we know it's not leading us anywhere towards our goals. And it's um, it takes courage to get out of that. It takes so much courage to get out of that self-sabotage ad, like attitude. Yes. And I also see here in the chat, um, Coach Ty wrote, going over your bites consistently. And I think that there is a twofold thing here. Because if you are looking at solely at your bites and you're not tracking secondary metrics, because if you're looking at your carbs and your fat and your protein, then going over your bites in some instances, can be good for your journey because you're upping your protein, you're upping your healthy fats, you're upping your carbs because you need that energy to burn off in the gym. However, if you are constantly going over your bites because every single day you want to eat that piece of cake, every single day you need to eat those chocolate truffles, and you're doing a little bit too much memory over macros, then that's when you're starting to self-sabotage. You really have to walk that fine line when it comes to going through your bites consistently and figuring out where do you fall on each side of the coin? Are you really being detrimental to yourself because you're going over your bites? because you're eating too many sweets or things that do not fuel your body. Yeah, you definitely have to, like you said, there's that fine line. You have to find that balance for this. Um, Of course, we want to be able to all have the memories. We all want to be able to enjoy the holidays, the cookouts, the family gatherings, whatever it is. But there is that balance. Like, okay, I've done that. Now it's time to do what I need to do and not turn this into a self-sabotage attitude. Mm Mm-hmm. And I see a good one here that I want to dive into a little bit more because I think that this is really big when it comes to self-sabotage. Letting the number on the scale affect me even when I tell myself it's just data. Mind you, that is a big one. And we talked about this before that um, we cannot let the scale take hold of our journey because we are more than a number on the scale. We are so worthy. um, And the number on the scale does not define who we are as a person. And it does not define and make us a failure on our journey. Um, What that number on the scale tells you is that, okay, 
let's go reevaluate the food that we ate in this past week. Did we have more sodium than we normally do? Were we eating more cookies than we normally do? Um, were we not eating whole food? And when it comes to the scale, I think that is one of the biggest saboteurs in our weight loss journey. Because yes. that meal will tell you and make you feel like you are a failure. It will make you feel like you are a liar, that you are down and out in your journey. And that is just not true. There's so much other data that you can use to drive yourself moving forward. And so if you are someone that when you step on that scale, your mood instantly changes, that you feel that you step on that scale and it's like, man, all of my progress from the week, good, bad, or indifferent, have been derailed because of a number on a glass screen, I highly suggest that you stop stepping on that scale for a while and you find other ways to track your success on your journey. You do. There is That is just one small little bit of this journey and how you can measure your success. But at the same time, we do, like you said, we always say that scale doesn't measure this, the success. It's just one little bit of it. And to be able to take these other ways that you can, like a certain pair of pants, you know, measure with that. How are they fitting this week versus, or this month versus last month? Um, yeah, I highly suggest that that is bothering you to not, especially not do it every week. I know the common theme is to weigh every week, but maybe maybe do it once a month. Maybe do it every other month. You know, it's it's not something that you have to be completely focused on because it will start to sabotage your journey. It's going to let all these little nasty negative thoughts creep into your head. Mm-hmm. And if y'all have been listening to the podcast long enough, y'all know that I love to spill the tea and expose myself. So here we go tonight. I stepped on the scale recently and the scale told me a number that I was not driving with. We were not friends. It wasn't much higher than I thought it was going to be. It was actually just, I was about one pound over what I've been maintaining at. But I started to let that affect me. I started to think, oh my goodness, I gained a pound. I'm a failure. I need to stop drinking my coffee out. I need to go back to water only. But my clothes were telling a different story. A pair of shorts that were so tight on me now felt loose and baggy. So we have to stop allowing the scale to be the only metric that we use when it comes to our weight loss journey. Because how do your clothes fit? Can you breathe? Do you have more energy? Are you radiating sunshine from the inside out? The scale is not the only indicator of success in your journey. Absolutely. You're completely right. I couldn't have said it better. (laughs) (laughs) So the next thing that I would say, um, self-sabotage really rears its ugly head in the form of negative Mm self-talk. I know. I know that some of y'all are using that negative self-talk because I've seen it. We've seen it. We've heard Mm -hmm. it. And I know it is so hard. I talked about this in a member meeting. It's very easy to be the funny fat friend and to put yourself down before other people can do it. It's really easy to say, yeah, I know my clothes are fitting a little too tight. Don't worry, I'm going to go up a size. Or yeah, I know my face is looking a little puffy. I ate too much sodium or I had an alcoholic beverage last night. Why are we explaining ourselves when we walk into a room? Why are we automatically falling into negative self-talk? And the two of us say all the time, if you wouldn't say that to your best friend, don't say that to yourself. Don't talk to my best friend that way. (laughs) That way, I am my best friend. And if I would not say it to someone else, I'm not going to say it to myself. We have to get out of this negative self-talk and discouraging ourselves from taking risks or attempting new challenges. Not only does self-talk give you this negative view and outlook on yourself, but self-talk or negative self-talk 
talks us out of our purpose. It talks us out of our position. It starts to tell us that, yeah, you've been so successful for the last week, but what are you going to do when next week comes and Christmas is here and all the cookies are here? Are you going to be good? Negative self-talk is that thing on your shoulder on the negative side that's like, you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. And everyone else in your circle, hopefully, or at least your healthy family here is telling you, you got this. You're worthy. You're capable. You're resilient. You can do hard things. We need to stop allowing negative self-talk to move us out of the position that we're meant to be in. We absolutely do. I mean, negative self-talk is a very nasty form of self-sabotage. It turns into this vicious cycle. And for anybody who does, again, listen to our podcast, I've said before, when it comes to negative self-talk, you have to rewire your brain to get it to be more positive so that you can make it through this. And one of the ways that I've come up with and that I've read about and you know learned about is to replace every negative thought you have with at least two positive ones. That's going to mm-hmm. really help dig you out of this, this grave that you've dug you know, of all this negativity that is constantly putting you down, you know, putting yourself down. It's going to help dig you out of that and hopefully break that, that nasty cycle. I love the idea of the two positives for every negative because it's going to start training your brain to say, oh my goodness, now I'm having to do double the work. I started something <laughs> negative. Now I have to think of two positives or I have to think of two things that I'm grateful for. And it's more work on yourself. Um, so you start to figure out, okay, let's just start from a positive standpoint in the beginning. And most of us are our own worst enemies. We yep. can be our biggest cheerleader. And our worst enemy and our harshest critic simultaneously. Yeah. We look in the mirror and we tell ourselves, man, why are you wearing that today? Or you already look frustrated. Why even start the day? But why can we not just start the morning and saying, hey, it's cold. I know we do not want to get out of this bed. It may be snowing. It may be raining. But we have a lot to accomplish today. And we're not going to think about the big picture. We're not going to think about everything that we need to do. But we're going to think of, one minute at a time, one task at a time, one step at a time. And every time that negative thought starts to creep in, my boss is getting on my nerves. My coworker is talking too much. Why are they tapping on their pen? Why did my husband not take out the meat this morning like I told him to? Why are kids running around and asking for candy when I'm trying not to eat any sweets until the holidays? Instead of thinking about all of those things, why can't we just turn that into a positive? You know what? My husband didn't take the meat out. What can I make? Can I put it under cold water and thaw it out super quickly? Is there anything else in my fridge that I can throw together that doesn't require that? Maybe it's a chicken nugget on a salad type of night. My kids are running around asking for candy. Can we go do a family activity to burn off that energy that all of us have? Start thinking about how these negative things in your life can turn into a positive as quickly as possible because that negative self-talk is going to sabotage you faster than you can even imagine. Absolutely. And that's a wonderful way to put it. I mean, if you think about it, dwelling on all the negative is not going to get you anywhere. You can't change what's happened in the past. Um, there's We've had an episode before about things in your control and things out of your control. Well, things that have happened in the past are completely out of your control. You can't change that. But what you can change right now are your feelings towards things, your thoughts towards things, mm-hmm. and your actions. This is what you can change. This is what you can control. And so to again, to dwell on that negative isn't going to do anything. But if you can go into changing the future with a positive attitude, you're going to see that's going to get you so much further. Yes. And my last point here that I have on negative self-talk that I have been 
really driving home with anyone that I speak to, any, any of our members, is that we need to stop worrying about people talking about us. And we need mm-hmm. to stop worrying about how other people perceive us. All we can do, and I see community manager Jordan put it in the chat here, the only pe- person we need to be focusing on is ourselves and others can just go on by. Mm-hmm. Spend so much time worrying about what other people are saying and thinking about us. And it is none of our business. The only business that we have is to show up for ourselves, to show up for our journey, to rid ourselves of the negative energy that other people bring to our lives. Because at the end of the day, how other people treat you is their path, but how you respond is your power. How are you choosing to respond to negative self-talk? How are you choosing to rise above and tell yourself, you know what? I'm not that. I'm greater than that. I can do this and that. And so we need to remember that. Yes, like I always say in my Zooms, you do you. You do you, boo. And I will do me. (laughs) I love it. That's the best. (laughs) It is the best. And so, um, you know, let's tie these next two together. These are really big when it comes to self-sabotage. Fear of success and imposter syndrome. Yeah, those two can definitely be tied together. Let's tie it together. So when it comes to fear of success and imposter syndrome, what what resonates in your mind when, when we talk about fear of success and imposter syndrome? Um, fear of success, I mean, I think it's just kind of, it ties into fear of the unknown. You're not sure, for me at least, not sure if I can actually do this, which kind of ties into one of my notes, which is a form of self-sabotage, um, setting unrealistic goals. But we can get to that in a minute. Yeah, fear of success, that's basically what it is to me, I think, is just fear of the unknown, not knowing if you can get there. And then the imposter imposter syndrome, feeling like you are not worthy, maybe, or capable of that type of success. Absolutely. And the reason why I think these two things go hand in hand is because a lot of us, whether you want to admit it or not, you have already achieved success in your weight loss and wellness journey. Whether you have lost five pounds, two pounds, 50 pounds, 100 pounds. If you are showing up on these healthy lives, if you're showing up in the member meetings, if you are listening to the podcast, if you are going to the gym and moving your body, you have already achieved success because you have taken the first step to become a better version of you. Um, but what starts to happen is, is when we start to achieve, achieve success, we start to think what's next. You hit the nail on the head, the fear of the unknown. What is next for me? I've reached this. And I don't know if I'm capable of going to the next level. I don't know if I can rise to the occasion. I've started going to the gym two days a week. I don't know if I can start going seven days a week. I don't know if I can start weightlifting. But this is where the resilience and the consistency and the dedication kicks in because you don't grow when you are comfortable. You have to step into your discomfort. You have to step into the fear of the unknown in order to start to eliminate that self-sabotage. It's really important for you to say, I don't know it all. And that's why I ask for help. That's why I seek support. That's why I become a lifelong learner. And let me just tell y'all a tip here. Imposter syndrome is okay. Fake it till you make it. All of us are faking it until we make it. Um, And it is okay to not feel worthy sometimes in the point that you are in. Mm -hmm. But what you need to do is start discovering your worthiness. 
start discovering their path and their purpose. Imposter syndrome is scary. It is yeah. so scary. Us being on this live right now and me ever doing my first live a long time ago by myself, I felt like an imposter. Mm-hmm. You know what? I started to realize that I was worthy and I had something to say. And I know for Coach Ashley, you said, when I started my journey, I just wanted to learn as much as I could do for me. And now I want to share that with other people. And it's okay to feel like an imposter. But what it's not okay to do is to allow that imposter syndrome and the fear of leveling up to cause you to self-sabotage the rest of your journey. Right. I'm sorry, I have to laugh at Jordan and me every day of my life. (laughs) Every day, every day. We all do it. And what you just said, anybody who listens and knows me, I'm a quote geek. Never let, let me see if I can get it right though. Never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. You cannot cannot let this stuff get in the way. And I do have a perfect example. Start. I think actually a lot of us starting out our weight loss journeys, we do think ahead. We do think ahead to the point where we reach our goal and we start thinking about maintenance. And I was scared to death. I'm like, how in the world, how am I going to keep this off? You know, I don't know how to do maintenance. I've never been there before. I've never done it. And, you know, I could have let that feeling get in the way. I could have let that feeling, you know, become a self-sabotaging moment or a self-sabotaging habit. And when you think of it that way, if I would have let that get in my way, I could have regained all the weight back or just stayed where I was and not really reached my goals like I wanted. Um, but not letting that self-sabotage creep in, you know, let me get to this point of maintenance. And I'm still faking it till I make it in this. I don't know when we truly ever make it, I guess. There's never, like we said, there's no end date, right? We're still doing it. We will constantly be doing it. Um, but I am proud that I haven't let that fear, that fear of success get in the way and, you know, have it be made a self-sabotage movement. Mm-hmm. Because you're never going to know what's next. Even for those of us that are type A, we're overthinkers, we plan everything. There's always going to be a bump in the road, some type of roadblock, and you cannot plan for everything. So you have to be okay with the unknown and you have to get comfortable in your discomfort. Um, And so I I absolutely love that. Before we kind of switch over to some tips of how to stop self-sabotaging, I really do want to uh, dive into this question that we got here in the chat. How do I positively change me dreading family events because I'm the largest person there? That is such a good question because that is the reason that a lot of people self-sabotage or that they stop going to family events because you are the person there. Um, So how do you positively change you dreading it? Number one, the first thing you need to do is realize that big, small in between, you are still worthy of taking up space in that room with your family. And there's going to be a few things that we're going to need to examine in order to give you some, some good advice here. But number one, you deserve to be there. You are a member of the family. And mm-hmm. be able to show up with your head held high and say, hey, y'all, I'm here and I'm taking up space and I want to enjoy the food. I want to enjoy the fellowship. And I want to enjoy the memories. So number one, how you start to positively change that is that you need to give yourself permission to just show up. Yeah, absolutely. You you have to acknowledge, like you said, that you are worthy of being there. This is your family. You know, this is supposed to be a safe place of love and acceptance. And if it's not, then that's another story. But 
the goal is, you know, this is your safe place and you are worthy of being there. You are there to be loved and give love. And that is, you know, that is the point. And to hide behind yourself is just, well, self-sabotage. It's getting in your way of just truly being happy, you know? Um, and I and I hate to see that for anybody. So recognizing your worthiness uh, is definitely the first step. Yes. And so after you start to recognize your worthiness, I think the next thing that we need to establish is boundaries. Um, the the hardest people that we we have the hardest time setting boundaries with our family because they're our family, and you're going to see them no matter what. But I am a believer in that family, friends, coworkers, etc. These are my boundaries, respect them or you don't deserve to be in my space. So if you are dreading going to your family events, not because you're the largest person there, but because you are the largest person there and someone always has something to say about it, then we need to address that with our family. We need to set boundaries and say, you know what? I just want to establish the fact that the way that you are consistently talking about me in the room or outside of the room, the way that you are saying that, oh my goodness, do you want another plate of food or aren't you on a diet or isn't it about time you lose weight? That does not work for me. And your opinions are not necessary at this time. We have to start setting boundaries with our family to protect our peace. And if that means that, I'm sorry, I I don't get to talk to Uncle Sean at this event because he gets a little too loose at the lips every time, then that means that you're going to keep your distance from Uncle Sean at the event. Because family, being family does not give them permission to have an opinion on you and your body and what you are trying to achieve. And sometimes our family thinks that that gives them complete autonomy to say whatever they want to say about us. And that is not true. So if you feel that your family is not respecting your boundaries, I highly suggest that you establish some because we teach people how to treat us. We do. We kind of, um, and we kind of had an episode a little talking a little bit about that, but the way you are feeling about yourself, the way that you come off is going to bleed into the way that people see you. And if you are coming into a situation, feeling down on yourself, feeling less than confident, um, feeling like you are not worthy to be there, they are probably going to perceive that same feeling from you. And so that, so you have to be able to turn that around. You have to be able to come in and say, like you said, with your head held high, you know, I am okay to be here. I'm worthy to be here. I'm supposed to be here. Um, I belong here just as much as anybody else in the family. And if you go in feeling that, deeply feeling it towards yourself, I think that's going to also rub off on others as well. I, I feel like, unfortunately, some people feed off of a lack of confidence. Yeah. They feed off of negative feelings. And, if, and again, if they're feeling that from you, they might feed off of that. So let them feed off of something positive. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And the last thing that I would say when it comes to changing you dreading family events is oftentimes when we're going to these family events, the only time that we see our family would be at these events. Christmas, Thanksgiving, birthday parties, weddings, things like that. So they don't know who you are and what you have been working to achieve. They don't know that you've been putting in work in the kitchen, that you've been putting in work in the gym, that you've been putting in work mentally, that you've been putting in work spiritually. They don't know that. All they know is the version of you that you show up as. And I will say this saying until the cows come home, until everyone that is a healthy member or otherwise has this in their head. 
Stop begging for a seat at other people's table. If you are dreading going to family events because your family always has something to say, then maybe you create your own memories and family events with those that pour positively into you. That it's not, oh, I'm just going to go to this event because that's the way it always should be. Just because that's the way something's been done before, we need to break those generational curses. We need to break the fact that people feel that it is okay to speak about other people's bodies, their journey. We're not asking for permission. We're not asking for seats. We're coming with our own chairs and we're building our own tables. 100%. percent <laughs> uh, Okay, awesome. I'm happy, I'm happy you found that helpful. So let's quickly just shift over to how to stop self-sabotage. Um, so we talked about some of the things, the you know, what self-sabotage looks like, but how do we stop self-sabotage? Number one, examining the root cause. So this is doing some of that reflection within yourself, journaling. I knew I wasn't going to get through an episode of <laughs> I don't think we can get through an episode of anything without mentioning writing something down at the very least. Writing it down. You know, examining those root causes. And I think that we have also done a lot of this work of looking um, inward and saying, you know what? I see this pattern in my life that when I start to feel gain success, then I start to self-sabotage in ways of no longer going to the gym, no longer showing up for myself in the kitchen, no longer showing up for myself mentally, no longer showing up for myself in the form of self-care. And we really need to take the time weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, or, or yearly to look for the patterns and figure out in what ways we have been dismissing our actions. Yeah, I think, I mean, definitely having to step back and examine what is going on is, is always going to be the first step. I feel like the first step in almost anything is a self-reflection. <laughs> and I know this may be hard for some people to realize, but some of your trauma today is stemming from your childhood. Uh, a lot of our inner child are screaming out. They're asking <laughs> validation. We're asking for there, our inner child is asking for someone to say, you know what, you can do things. And I know that in the past you've been told, hey, you're not going to be successful. College isn't for you. You're going to continue to gain weight. You're not going to be on the career path that you want to be on. We know that at some point in your childhood, someone decided to be a dream crusher. Yeah. What we are here to do is to ignite that fire under you again and to let you know that it doesn't matter what it is, Dream big, dream small, dream medium. <laughs> but what you need to do is examine the root cause of what is the reason as to why you are self-sabotaging. And most of that comes from the fact that somewhere along the line, someone told you that when you start to become successful, you will ultimately take 10 steps back and fail. Yeah, yeah. I, I can definitely think of, and I still remember to this day, certain things that were said as a kid. And I wish I could go back and tell my younger kid self, but like, don't worry, adult, you has it. We will, we will make it. You yeah. have to be able to do that. You have to be able to talk to your inner child and say, you know, hush child, <laughs> we will be okay. <laughs> we will make it. And wouldn't that be so amazing if we could just go back and talk to our former selves and say, there is, there is life on the other side. There is life when you make it out of junior high. There is life when you make it out of high school. What you are experiencing right now is not for the rest of your life. If I could go back and tell junior high Monica that used to get made fun of on the playground, 
that I used to get told, you need to go to Subway and drink a Diet Coke. And I love Diet Coke now. So joke is on them. <laughs> it is on them. I love a good Diet Coke. But if I could go back and tell that, Monica, there's something on the other side. And everything that you're going through right now is a part of your testimony. Then how amazing would that be? And so since we can't go back in time, unless y'all are in Back to the Future and you have a time machine, please tell us. Please tell us. What we can do <laughs> is get out a journal and write your feeling. Write it all. Write a letter to your former self. Write a letter to your childhood self. Write a letter to the version of you that you were when you started your weight loss and wellness journey and say, this road is going to be bumpy, but you will make it on the other side. You absolutely will. And I I just do want to add that I, I want to say this is not something that we should be embarrassed about, mm-hmm. recognizing that we have had any form or type of self-sabotage. Um, we've all done it at some point, whether it was just one thing here and there, or if it's a constant habit that we're doing. I'm, I'm pretty positive. I'm pretty confident to say, I'm sure we have all done it at one point or another. Um, so yeah, don't be embarrassed about it. We've talked about it on the podcast before too. Like Once you come to terms with it, just set an actionable plan to fix it. I mean, mm-hmm. and I don't, I say just like, <laughs> just like, <laughs> just do it now, but really come to terms with it. It's okay. Don't be embarrassed. Just come to terms with it. And now you set an actionable plan to turn that around. Mm-hmm. You cannot reach any level of success without reflection and without knowing where you've come from. And so, yeah, don't be ashamed. Ask for help. Um, if you don't want to ask for help, Externally, ask yourself for help. Ask yourself to be vulnerable, to bear your soul and say what exactly you need. What do you need from a coach? What do you need in your health and wellness journey? What do you need yourself to admit and let go in order to become the version of yourself that you want to be? So yeah, uh, examine the root cause and stop procrastinating. Mm-hmm. Next thing, procrastination is dead. It's over. Just do it. There we go again. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> uh, messy, do it, scared, do it imperfect. But, you know, we said in the beginning of this of this call that procrastination is one of the, the major causes when it comes to self-sabotage. But if you keep putting something off that's important to you, then how are you ever going to become emotionally, physically, and mentally invested in your success? Because there's a mismatch between where you are mm-hmm where you want to be. You cannot get to Orlando if you were still in California procrastinating putting gas in your car. It just doesn't work. You Mm -hmm. have the steps to move forward. And so it's really important when it comes to stopping self-sabotage to just stop the dang old procrastination. It's always going to get in our way. It is always going to be something that is in our way. And you have to make a plan of... You know, if you're bad about procrastinating on grocery shopping or getting the best things at the store to cook, you know, carve out that time, put it in your schedule, make it permanent marker so you cannot change it. You know, um, I like to say there's no excuses a lot of the time, like 97% of the time, there are no excuses, you know, so carve out that time for what you truly need to do in order to reach those goals and stop procrastinating. Yes. Let your solutions become bigger than your excuses and let your why be way bigger than your why not. Um, I think those goals are so important. And so um, we just have a few more points here. Stop looking just at the big picture. Now, we've talked about this before that casting vision is so important. And, um, you know, knowing where you want to go and where you want to be is so important. But oftentimes we look so much at the big picture 
that we forget that we need to zoom in and just start with where we are now. Absolutely. That goes along with that that point that I made a little bit earlier that I said I wanted to talk about is set realistic goals. You know, if you're looking at the bigger picture and you're feeling overwhelmed and you're just doing these smaller habits maybe that are self-sabotaging and not letting you get there, maybe it's because you're looking at something too big. Set those smaller goals, something that's more achievable. Um, you know, if you're setting it too big, it's going to make you feel like you're never going to reach your goal. So again, don't make excuses. Don't make excuses on how you're not going to get there um, because you're probably going to burn out. So smaller, actionable, attainable goals is going to help you tremendously in getting out of that that cycle. Mm-hmm. Burnout. Keyword, mm-hmm. burnout. Mm-hmm. We're looking so much at the big picture of it all. We start to get burnt out because we start to think about every single little detail. How do I get there? What do I need to do? Oh my goodness, I have to go to the gym seven days a week, but I also have to take my kids here and there. I also need time to work. I also need time to meal prep. We get so caught up in all of the details and we're looking solely at the big picture. Take a moment, pause, breathe. Think about one action step at a time, one day at a time, one healthy habit at a time, and stop thinking about everything that's going to go along into it because you're going to, one, have burnout, and two, that's going to lead to self-sabotage because nobody can do everything everywhere all at once. Oh, we can't. And that's going to lead to the negative self-talk. Like, oh, why can't I do this? I never get anything done. I'm never going to reach that goal. See, it's a vicious cycle, guys. It is. It all ties together one thing after another. When you start to burn yourself out, then you do start to feel I'm a failure and I can't do this and I can't do that. So, you know, our last point here is Stop this perfectionist thinking, this all or nothing mentality. If you have listened to us for any point in time, we despise the all (laughs) or mentality because yes, you need to be 100% committed to your weight loss and wellness journey. You cannot be a pig. We can't be flipping around every five minutes, but you don't need to have the all or nothing mentality because self-sabotaging usually lies in the perfectionist that have that all or nothing mentality. It so does. And I'm glad you said that we can be 100% committed, but 100% commitment does not have to mean going 100% 24-7 all the time. You're going to get that burnout. Some days, there are days where I can only give like 15 to 20%, Mm -hmm. but I don't let that negative creep in and tell me, well, there's one day, just what does the what does the next day matter? And then what does the next day matter after that? If I've already ruined this week, you know, so what? That's going to be another vicious cycle. So it's okay to understand that there are going to be 15% days and there's going to be like 90% days. What matters is that little bit here, that little 15% on this day and that 50% this day and that 90% on this day, it still adds up to the overall picture. Giving what you can in that day is still going to add up. Mm-hmm. And aim to strive for excellence and just healthy habits, not perfection. Um, mm-hmm. Make minor improvements. Like we we're just talking about day by day, minute by minute, one activity at a time, one habit at a time. Um, that's going to help you to reach your desired goal, not just trying to be a perfectionist all the time. Did I hit all of my bite? Did I hit my calories right on the dot? Did I go to the gym just so I could check my box off on my cute little to-do list that says drink your water, green dot, exercise. Mm -hmm. This isn't about a checklist. This is about your life. This is about building habits. This is about building resilience. This is about understanding that this is going to be painful. This is going to be easy in some moments. It's going to be joyful in some moments. But at the end of the day, 
it is not going to be easy 100%. Yeah, perfect won't get you it. Perfect isn't fun. Messy is fun. <laughs> I love the messy and I love the chaos. I don't know if you had any other tips on helping to stop self-sabotage or... I had one little thought, actually, and this is a little sneak peek. We recorded our podcast yesterday, so it will be coming out either tomorrow or Thursday. What day is it? Tuesday? (laughs) So a little sneak peek into that. Monica, you mentioned the SWOT analysis, and I thought that that actually could really apply to learning how to not self-sabotage. So real quick, you can go over it if you want to, but the SWOT analysis is, it stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Or as you mentioned, the threats are like our setbacks and our challenges. Mm -hmm. So with your strengths, what do you do well? Let's focus on that. What, write down, journal, (laughs) post-it notes, put it in your phone. What do you do well? Your weaknesses. So, okay, this is our opportunity to figure out what we can improve on. Um, you know, this self-sabotaging attitude or this, this habit that we have, this is where we can identify that and figure out how we can improve it. And now, how are we going to use this for opportunities? How are we going to use this as an opportunity? You know, we're going to use this as an opportunity to figure out how to change. We can use this as an opportunity to replace this other habit with a better habit. Mm-hmm. And then your threats and setbacks, you got to identify them and work around them. I just thought that that really kind of applied to self-sabotaging. And I was so happy that you brought that to light because I had never heard of SWOT analysis until you did. But maybe that's because I don't work in the in the business world and like other things like you do. But I love it. Yes. I mean, I think that it's really interesting to take this business concept of like SWOT analysis and, and analyzing your competition and your strengths and your weaknesses and your opportunities, opportunities is the key word there. We shouldn't be focusing on our strengths, weaknesses, and threats. We should be focusing on our opportunities. What opportunity do we have to increase our wellness, to increase Mm -hmm. our weight loss journey, to increase our potential, to increase our our position? SWAT, Emily, strength, weaknesses. O is SWAT, S-W-O-T, instead Mm -hmm. of S-W-A-T. So strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. It is like a business technique that people do when they're creating a new business and analyzing their competition. But I think it applies so well to your weight loss and wellness journey. So uh, that was a sneaky peek. And we also thought about maybe going into a full-blown episode on creating a SWOT analysis because I think that would be so interesting. So I'm happy you brought that up because... I am happy you brought it up to me because again, it just enlightened me and I love it. I love learning, like I've said before. So become a lifelong learner. Well, with that, guys, um, this has been such an amazing podcast episode. It's been so amazing to do this live and to have the interaction with those of you in the chat. Um, Please let us know if you want us to do a live version again. Also, let us know are you an avid podcast listener? Do you listen to the Healthy Talks episodes when they come out? Um, And what would you like to hear from us next? We're always looking for the next best thing. But when it comes to self-sabotaging, remember that undoing that self-sabotage takes work. And this negative behavior is time-consuming. It takes Mm -hmm. a lot of work. It handicaps us. It handicaps our abilities to engage 
on an active level. And it's really important when we start to eliminate those self-sabotage efforts so that we can truly increase our chances of success. Why would people do things that might make them fail more likely? We don't want to be failures. Failure is not the end. It is an opportunity to learn and become successful again. But at the end of the day, we all want to feel good about ourselves. And in order to do that, we have to rid ourselves of this negative self and energy. Um, Before we wrap up, I do want to answer this question. Where can you find the podcast? So um, you can find the Healthy Talks podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Also, if you go to the Healthy website, there is a section at the bottom that says podcast. If you click on that, it will direct you to exactly where you need to go to listen to the podcast episodes. And most people don't know that um, both Coach Ashley and I co-host the Healthy Talks podcast that comes out on Thursdays, sometimes on Wednesdays. And then if you do listen to Community Manager Jordan's Tuesday Night Lives, which is what we kind of took over today, those are also turned into a podcast episode so that you can listen to it in your commute, on the treadmill, whenever you need it, wherever you need it for more inspiration. So this has been so much fun and we will catch y'all in the next episode. Bye y'all. Bye.